This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right, let's open the floor. Anybody wants to say anything, feel free to jump in. Anybody here? Yeah, you want to say something? Yeah, go ahead. Just make sure the mic is on. Go ahead. Have values, but let's say they're not always holding there, but it's still a value for them. It's still something real for them. Yeah. They they want it. They want it for their kids, but they're not holding there. So then it's almost like, is it fake? Is it real? Is like it... it's a stira, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think that it's... it's. But it's it's not a stira. People have what they want, aspire to, but they're right. not ready for it. And even, even parents, parents... And parents, like, let's say they have their higher levels, but let's say, let's say a son, he'll look at whatever, he's 10 years old and his father's 40. Right. Where his father is, is not where he is. Right. Like, and then. It's true. I think that more than, I think that more than anything that a parent tells a child is what the child sees. Right. Your kids will learn so much more from the way that they just observe you than anything else you're ever going to tell them. That yell or that scream or that sit down schmooze is going to accomplish like zero, maybe 1%. It's going to be those moments that your kid says, like, no, I saw my father was always there for people. I saw my mother. She was saying to him, she was always hosting. She opened the house. Those are the things your kids are going to know. That value is it's just happening. You don't even realize that you're talking to your kids a million times a day just by how you live your life. So it's the parents that are talking to their kids with words, but their own actions are not reflective of, of what they're standing for. That's where the kid goes. This is just a stira. You're telling me one thing, but you're not living by by the same thing. Most kids, I think, realize that I'm I'm 10, my father's 40. I'm not expected to be 40 when I'm 10. But I now know what my life should be like one day. I have I have role models. Because of that, and now like I know the trajectory of my life. So yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It's 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 a problem when people hold their children to a higher standard than they held themselves. But if that's the case, then you're just trying to live precariously through your children. That's not healthy parenting, right? It has to become real. I think that is the key. It has to become real, right? Even even in the story, Rebekah Tzoe says, the story of Kimchas, right? Where it says that the, the walls of her house never saw anything, right? Like like her hair, everything. She was so mocked about Tzniyas, right? And she was Zaycha that she had seven sons who became, you know, Kahanam Gedalim. That's the story of Kimchas, right? Fine, that's the story. And the Gemara says, Harbi Asukain, will I also be other? Many people did this, but it just, it didn't, it didn't work. Why not? So Berkowitz always says, because they were us who came. Because they, they didn't hold Kimchas's value of dignity. They just did it. Because they, oh, she did it? That's a Segula? Okay, I'll do it also. Uh, Segula? That's not real. You're not, you're not living it. If you live it, then it's real. Then you're, then, you're, then you're Zaycha. Then your children become whatever they become. If you're just doing it to check the box, your kids see right through it. Kids see right through it. Ask any kid who struggles with Yiddishkeit. Like, talk to them for like five minutes. You'll see almost all of them. They, they highlight inconsistencies with our own chinach or our own system. They, they, they see right through it. Right, okay, we're not, yeah, we're not getting there. I'm just saying a lot of times if you talk to them, they will say, they'll say, yeah, but because everyone preached X, but they did Y. Or our system says X or, you know, but, but Y is really what I'm seeing. They highlight these things. They're smart. They're very perceptive. In our own homes, we have to make sure that it, there's a there's a reality. I'm not blaming this on everybody. I'm not saying I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we have to make sure that our lives are consistent with what values we expect from our children, or else the muster becomes a lot of yelling and screaming. Because like, yeah, yeah, I see, I I see, I see, I have my role models. I know exactly what I'm living up to. Yeah. Hi, I'm gonna share. 
first of all, thank you so much. I enjoy thank you. your share every week. Um, very interesting. I had a very interesting interaction tonight with the Klosenberg Rebbe, with my son, my 18-year-old son. Oh, wow. And he comes to him and he asks him, very interesting, after he, you know, you benched him a good year and a slach in learning, my son said to the Rebbe, what Kabbalah can I take upon myself? So you know what the Rebbe said? He hmm. said, very interesting. He goes, don't make the tafel the ikr. Make the ikr the ikr. <laughs> and he says <laughs> wow. to him, very interesting. And it's funny because I, I quoted the son a couple of times asking Gedailim, what should I take Kabbalah? You know, he's going through a, you know, that kind of phase. And yeah. he says to him, put yourself in learning and learning halacha and learning. And don't, um, it was very interesting. Amazing. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I, there's such a chachma. Obviously, I'm not giving a haska. You know, I'm saying like. No, chachma like, the Rebbe that he picked up on that. Yeah. You know, that phase. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's so true. It's so true. There's so many. Again, we're, you know, Kali Yisrael is Kadeshim, you know, Imlav Neviim, Bnei Neviim, Heim. But there, there's, there are a lot of, there are some who struggle with where, where, you know, the tuffle becomes the ikker, the chumra becomes more important than the main thing. I, I, I love, I love what you just said. I, I appreciate you sharing that. It's really, it's an important, such an important concept. A, a lot of times we take like these chumras or these extra credit things, and they become so much more important than something else. Yes, it's important, hundred percent. You know, chumra and hither and all these things are beautiful, but like the main thing that you know, the main thing has to be like real kervas alikim, real halacha, real learning, real davening. That's the main thing. When it becomes sidetracked, wow, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, how does one manage when you make changes for yourself? Because you feel yourself, like you're trying to elevate yourself. Yeah. But everyone around you is like, why the things? In terms of a family, like a family unit? Um, I, I don't, that's a good question. I, I think, first of all, if somebody's single, then obviously, you know, perhaps it becomes a little easier, this question. If somebody's in a relationship, I believe that it's really important that one spouse decides to make a move or make a change that your your spouse is along with you on this journey. You know, when I propose to my wife, uh, you know, I always say like, this is what I think a proposal I'll share with you. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't, there was no flowers. There was no whatever. It was very quick. For those of you who don't know, I got engaged on my third date and it was very unexpected. I'm not Hasidish and I didn't know her before, but that was just sort of how Hashem orchestrated it. Now, one of the things I said was that in my in my pers- perspective, you know, life is a very long journey. It's a journey of a hundred years, and a person that goes on a journey with somebody else, I could think I'm doing the right thing, so I'm running ahead of you because I'm just running to get to the finish line. But if you're a step behind me, then we're not going through life together. There's a couple in my neighborhood that goes for a walk every day. See them, like you know, a non-Jewish couple. They go for a walk every single day. They walk miles. You see them. They're like literally walking the whole neighborhood. The husband is like five steps in front of the wife with the dog. And, and the wife is behind. She's exactly five steps behind every single day. And I was like, if he would just stop for like two seconds, they would share such an amazing like hour together. But because this guy is five steps ahead of his wife, they don't spend a second together. It's him and the dog are bonding like no other couple that I know. Okay. But the wife, she's just always five steps exactly behind him. It's amazing. 
right? That's what marriage is. It's two people that are on that journey together. So if somebody wants to do something, if it's something personal, like let's say they want to work on their tefillah or whatever, then then beautiful, by all means, they should. But these things are conversations. This idea of nechbadas, I, I said, you know, my wife and I have schmoozes through hundreds of times, hundreds of times, right? From the furniture that you buy and clothing that you buy and places that you go, like, who are we? What what do we stand for? Is this nechbad or is this not nechbad? Every single thing you you have to you have to be like done it in a real way, not in a fighting way. Like let's smooth this through. Let's hear each other's opinions and let's come to like a common ground. So if somebody wants to grow, amazing. Just make sure that you're growing along with your 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 family and your children, and that it's all becoming one unit that's moving forward, and not that you're moving ahead of the unit. If that happens, you can create a very dangerous situation at home where Tati doesn't eat this and mommy doesn't do this and Tati's always out there and mommy's always out there. And it's like everybody's doing their own thing, growing in their own way. I don't know how healthy that is. I would argue it's much, much smarter to do it a drop slower. Just make sure everybody's in the same page in the same direction. And certainly if somebody's taking on like a chumrah, it doesn't hurt somebody else. That's like not even a chumrah. Even la halacha, that's not, that's not allowed. A person can't decide I'm doing, you know, X or why I'm, I'm not carrying in the Arab, but we have like a triple stroller and we live on the bottom of a hill and my wife has to push it up every week. It's a beautiful humrah because you don't want to have to schlep the stroller up every week, but now it falls on your spouse. That's not a humrah. That's a humrah that's hurting your family. You really have to ask a shayla on something like that. So these things have to be weighed carefully, but it's, it's a very good question. Person wants to grow, grow. Just remember that you're married, right? It, it has to go hand in hand. Um, you often mention that you have long conversations with your wife about different topics. Yeah. What happens when your spouse doesn't also communicate their feelings, thoughts, but just lets you talk and respond, okay, that's good idea. I think that the, the, the next topic that should be discussed is the um, idea of, of, of talking things through, meaning like talk through what it means to talk things through. Right. Like, like, again, every marriage is different. And I, I recognize that, like, you know, some of the things that I say, it might be that this is what I do or whatever. I'm not saying that's something that you have to do. But if that's something that you do want to do, then I think you first have to get your spouse on board before they come home and you start talking to them for six hours and they're just nodding their head as they're falling asleep. There does have to be a dialogue before, like, this is the kind of relationship I want. These are the things that that give me a life and that excite me and that I feel alive when I'm talking to these things, you know, talking these things through with you. So yeah, I I would certainly say that that's something that, that needs to happen. I'll share with you something personal. I don't mind sharing this. You know, I had once an an episode trying to think about it. Yeah, I'll say that. I don't mind saying it. I once had an episode where there was a very, very stressful situation. I'm going to cut out a lot of details on this one. Okay. Um, But there was a very stressful situation that was going on. And because of that, I physically collapsed. I, I, I collapsed. I went to shul and I was like really not feeling well. And I, the whole world started to spin and I collapsed and that's all it came. Yeah. So I called one of my rebellion and I told him what I was dealing with. And he said, he said, like, I feel like, you know, you should speak to somebody because you really have like a whole burden of a whole situation going on. So whatever the situation was, I didn't end up going to a therapist. I was going to, and then for various reasons, we had to cancel it. And I called him up and I said, you know, he said, he said, I know your wife, your wife is your therapist. So I, I turned to my wife. I said, 
I don't know if you realize this, but like you are my PhD, like you are my therapist, you know, you're my uh, LCSW, like let's go. So, so there are times where I'm dealing with stressful things that that is my relationship, that we have those conversations for most people, their spouse is like, get out of here, go, go for therapy. I'll go pay for it. I'm not interested in, in doing that, that role for you. So every relationship is unique. Some people love schmoozing through like machshava and things. And some people that can't even get past two seconds of a conversation. Some people like to talk about their feelings and deep, whatever. And some people are like, please talk to your friends about those things. Talk to your mother about that. I think every relationship is unique. And it's, it's part of the idea of being married is understanding that you are unique and your spouse is unique. And you have to make your relationship yours. You have to make it according to like the two people, the two personalities that are involved in this relationship. That's going to be the definition of your marriage, not my marriage, not your friend's marriage, your marriage. And that's, that's what makes our, our, our life so beautiful. You could have different people doing different things, but they're all right because this is what works for them. Just make sure that it actually does work for you. But these ideas, a lot of these ideas in your own way, I would just encourage that these things, you know, become a conversation piece. So if it's something that you want and you crave, you say, listen, I would love to be able to schmooze this through, then have a conversation. Say, hey, you should know. I'm not, not expecting this. I'm not forcing you. But like this would really be meaningful for me. Start with short conversations. Just talk 10 minutes. Start by a Shabbos Suda. Bring out an idea and just say, hey, let's continue talking this through. And let's just see like, you know, if we're able to develop something. And if it grows from there, then by all means, then you'll see, you know, again, the way the way that I structured it is going to be very different than the way you, you structured it. So I just think it has to be, you know, clearly defined that this is not, you know, an all or nothing thing. You if you want something, it's there, it's attainable. You have to just start slow with very little expectation. Then usually it will grow within the confines of your relationship. Make sense. One more thing. Yeah. Yeah. What if your spouse can't talk about these things? It's a very lonely place to be. When your spouse can't talk about anything that isn't neutral, how can you connect with that without talking? It's a, it, here. So there's a, there's, I can't answer because obviously it's a very specific question to a specific person. So this has to be like talk through, but I, I would, I would challenge you to find areas in your spouse's life that do excite them and that there is a depth to it. Maybe it's their work, or maybe there's another value system where you find that they're that they're excited about this, and they could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Almost everybody has those things. Almost everybody, unless your spouse is like sitting at home in their pajamas. But usually, people have certain things which which it lights them up. It gives them life. And if you start with those things, they like money. Talk to them about money. Like you know what I'm saying? They they there's a million ideas out there that you can connect to your spouse with that I I would encourage that that should become a starting point for these conversations. And then from there you see where you see where it goes. Usually people are not interested in the things that they're not interested in, but the things that they are interested in they they usually are. You know, I I, I heard a Rav say once he said that he has like a bunch of sons, and he said that the two older sons are very into basketball and the younger son is not. He said why not? Because he's not good at it. So he doesn't like playing it because he's not good at it, right? The, the, the things that your spouse lights up from, those things in, in his life are the things that he's, he's, he's probably good at. Whether it's his work or whether it's something else, there's probably a lot of areas that a person can connect to their spouse that if they looked, they'll find that it's there. But if you try just on your things that you want and you're not acknowledging who you're married to, yeah, I don't know if that's 100% because whatever, but... We could follow up with a phone call or email or whatever, but something to think about. Yeah, one more? Okay, one more. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> What's the meaning of life? <laughs> <laughs> what happens when some of your values do not align because of differences of opinion? That's that's tough. That's tough. What do you do when when your when your values don't necessarily align? That's tough. Your opinions, or okay, you want to say your value system. You know, how do we deal with this, or what do we deal with this? I I think okay. This is not a small, this is not a short answer, but I'll give you a short answer to this. I Meaning it's a really a longer answer, but I'll give you the short answer. The short answer is, this is a conversation that has to be tackled. You know, I remember when I got engaged, I was talking to some of my friends about, about you know, marriage. And most of it was like, yeah, you'll figure it out, whatever, it'll all happen. One guy gave me a great piece of advice. He said, never put anything in writing because then she'll always use it against you. Like, wow, this guy is a real mumcha. Like he figured this all out on his own. You know, brilliant guy sitting in the back of a base medrash figured out, never put anything in writing because it's going to be evidence. Wow, really smart guy. So that that was like my catalyst to start studying marriage because I felt like there's got to be a lot more wisdom out there than this guy who's, you know, telling me not to incriminate myself by saying anything to my spouse. So uh, that was where I got into the idea of, of, you know, learning about marriage and trying to do this whole thing correctly. Now, I remember still, even years later, I still hear from people. They go, oh, yeah, like it's it's natural. Like you just like you just figure it out. Like, yeah, it's not no big deal. Like you get married. Like, yeah, it's, it's like all intuitive. OK, like is does, is does your spouse feel that way also about your performance as a as a husband or as a wife? Like, do they really think that you're doing like knocking it out of the park with like no system, no concept, no study, no nothing? You just like intuitively figured out how to like break your teva and do everything that's counterintuitive because you're married to the opposite gender. Wow. That's like pretty, pretty amazing that most people figure that out on their own. So I would argue that when it comes to marriage, when it comes to chinuch, these are two areas that really take a lot of putting in. It's not just about taking out. So I always say that like in therapy, for example, if somebody takes out the alcoholism, the person is healthy, take out the addiction, the person is healthy, right? Take out the mental health issues. The person is healthy. When it comes to relationships, if you don't have anything there, you have nothing. You have no relationship. Literally, the essence of marriage or chinuch is what you put into it. And that takes a lot of studying. And you could try to figure it out on your own, but you'll probably be much more successful if you actually studied it and figured it out through like following a script or listening to other people talk about it and hearing ideas that actually resonate with you and then implementing them in your life. So when somebody says to me, me and my spouse have different opinions on things, I think that that's natural. It's natural for you not to necessarily have the same opinion on how to raise your children or how to go about life or how to deal with certain things or even how to perceive certain things in life. But I think that that's the beginning of a conversation where you say to each other, I respect you to no end. I hold you to the highest esteem. I married you. That means that I hold the world of you. Now, when we have a conversation, let's take out a piece of paper and without any bias, not what I hold or what you hold, let's just put everything on the table. What would be the proper, should we ever smack our children? Let's put this down on paper. 10 reasons we should, 10 reasons we shouldn't. I, I'm, I'm being the vatil my das. I have no opinion on anything. Let's just put it on paper. And I always say that, and my wife hates when I use this muscle, but I, with Mechila, I'll use this, okay? Is that the result of, the result of your, your decisions is the, new, is the new product. It's like I always say, when you make brownies, it's not that you have sugar and eggs and chocolate and then you make a layer of each one you put in the oven. You have to blend it together. And then the result is brownies. You don't have eggs. You don't have sugar. You don't have chocolate. What else is in brownies? Flour? Flour? Okay, fine. Flour. Don't forget the flour. Yeah? The result is brownies. It's the end result. 
it's the product of two people who put in the effort. You spend an hour in the kitchen to get one new product. You don't have two new products. You don't have four new products. Those are just the ingredients. The output is that one thing. And a person's mind has to be that me and my spouse are very different creatures. We perceive the world very differently. That's normal. That's natural. Your goal now is to have these conversations and say, we share this. How often do you hear, hear I'm, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this with like their parents or grandparents where they say, oh, mommy says this, Tati says this. I would do this, but my spouse says no. One second, like, are we on the same page here? It doesn't mean every single thing exactly, but like something, conversation, or not I agree to disagree. And not like you're on that side of the world and I'm on this side of the world. I can hear an application for what you're saying. I can hear You can hear an application for what I'm saying. There's a time for this. There's a time for that. Or you know what? We couldn't necessarily get exactly on the same page, on the same line, on the same word. Let's go ask a Rav. Let's go ask a Shaila. How should we deal with this? Or how? what would be the right hashkafa with this? That is so beautiful. That's a way to live life. We come with this question. We'd like to know what's proper. And usually you'll find there's a time for this and there's a time for that. You're both right because you're both smart people who have a lot to offer. But the idea that like I'm I'm here and they're there and that's the end of our conversation, whenever that value gets tested and gets triggered, you're going to find it's going to pull the two of you apart because you didn't spend the time before to really discuss through when there's an application for this and when there's an application for that. So take that example of, let's say, smacking your children, right? You can say there's never a time. You both agree on that. Great, wonderful. You never have a problem. If one of you thinks there is a time, one of you thinks there's not a time, but you haven't talked it through, then in those moments when one of you loses your temper, all of a sudden the kid starts getting whacked. The other one's going to go crazy. What are you doing? We don't smack our kids. No, we do smack our kids. No, we don't. What happens now? Talk it through. You have a joint front to your children. You have a joint front to the world. The way you perceive the world, you talk these things through. I don't know. Maybe I'm old school. I'm like an old soul. I don't know. I think that talking things through with your spouse and coming to like the same, doesn't have the exact, exact conclusion, but a conclusion that's close enough that like this product is mostly what we agree on, you'll find it's it's nine out of time, nine out of ten times or ninety-nine out of a hundred. That is the result of a conversation. What usually happens is that we don't have those conversations. So then when we get tested, all of a sudden it highlights how the two of us are just not on the same page. But if you if if you start off not on the same page, that's fine. It's if you end off on, on different pages, that's where there's a problem. And the way that you bridge that gap is through these real conversations. Not emotional, not biased. I have no day over here. I just want to know, let's put it on paper and see where we can agree. And usually the result of that is something that's really, really, really beautiful. All right. What time is it? 10 or 7. Should we do one more? Okay, fine. Last five. One more. Yeah, you guys okay? Yeah? Okay, fine. Let's do one more. I had one quick question. Yes. Um, you gave the muscle about this couple walking five, she's five steps behind him. Sometimes yeah. one spouse is growing in a different pace because maybe um, I would say maybe you gave him a chance, but you're searching for more, more depth in your, for yourself, not real, but the nature is that you're going to drift a little bit because if the per one person, one spouse is, deeper and needs more out of life they're going to search for more that's just yeah. the person that you know yeah i i i agree with you i agree with you i agree with you i don't think that overall it's 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 an issue let's say a woman wants to focus on her tefillah and she spends 12 hours a day listening to shurim 
Pierce Hamilas, davening from an interlinear art scroll, praying with fire, you know, reads every book that you could possibly find on Tefillah, right? And her, her spouse is not. Her husband is just not there. I don't think that's a steer. I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that's going through life on two diff- different pages. I do think that it would be very nice if the husband acknowledged what his wife is doing and what she's going through and what she's accomplishing and how she's moving the mount- you know, moving mm-hmm. mountains. I think that that's his, that could be his participation in what she's doing. But when there's a stira between the value system that's being created, what would that's be an where example you're going to have an issue. What would be like, an example of a stira? You, you have a wife who decides that, I don't know if this is a good example, but the wife decides, let's say, that, that they should have no technology in the house whatsoever. Okay. Right? And the husband needs it for work, for whatever the case is, right? You can have a situation where she loses all respect for him Mm-hmm. The way that they're mechanach their children now, everything is at odds with each other. So that it doesn't work. It doesn't. You heard him saying she she yeah. grew, she went through all the steps, and all of a sudden, like every everything in your home is now a, a question, a problem. How do we deal with this? What do we do now? Mommy's screaming this, and Tati's screaming that. It's let's see. It's interesting because I had a thought over like what could I do like for, to be closer to Hashem just for myself, right? So yeah. let's say there's like a certain hechsher that I sometimes eat out of the house, right? Yeah. So it doesn't hurt anybody if I stop eating it, right? Correct. So that would be an example of me just doing my own thing and it's yeah. not bothering anybody. Okay. 100%. Right. 100%. 100%. I think that's a very beautiful thing. Meaning a person can grow on their own. Yeah, you're you're highlighting something very important here. A person can grow on their own if it doesn't impact their spouse. I think obviously it's better if two people do it together, but if it's not, that's also okay. As long as there's no conflict. But if all of a sudden it becomes a conflict that the family's somewhere and then it becomes an issue. You it's just not like I'm saying to... we're no longer bringing this product into the house when everybody likes it. It's between me and me and Hashem. Like it doesn't get exactly. involved anyone. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Thank, you, Thank so you for much. highlighting it. It's very, very important. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. Okay. Everybody have a good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you, Mitzvah Shem, next time. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.